Chapter 7 A Little Exploring The four children and Looney came right up to the old house. A sparrow darted out of the thick ivy nearby and made them jump. It's so jolly quiet, said Roger. Even the wind seems to have deserted the old mansion. I don't like it at all, said Diana. It's a horrid place. They came to the great flight of steps that led up to the front door. The stone steps were cracked in places, and weeds sprouted through the cracks. One step wobbled when Roger stood on it. The foundations had rotted away. It would need an absolute fortune spent on it to make it livable in, said Diana. Still, I can quite well imagine how gay and lovely it all was when it was properly kept up and a jolly family lived in it. They came to the great front door. It was a double one, and had a lot of ironwork about it, which had rusted. There was no knocker, but a great iron bell pole hung down beside the door. Of course, Snubby had to pull it. He found it very heavy and stiff to pull down, and he almost hung on it just to pull it. And suddenly, a tremendous jangling broke out somewhere in the old house. It startled the children, and Snubby let go of the bell pull. Looney barked madly and scraped at the front door. Gosh, that made me jump, said Diana. Who would have thought the bell rang after all these years? I, g I guess it gave you a fright. I guess it gave a fright to any rats and mice in the house. You are an idiot, Snubby. For goodness sake, don't go ringing all the bells, you see. You might break one. I don't see that that would matter, said Snubby. I'm the only person ever likely to ring the bells here. There was no letterbox, so the children could not peep through that. But there was a crack in the door, and by putting their eye to it, the children could see into the vast, dim hall. It was not a pleasant sight. It was covered in gray dust, and the walls were festooned with cobwebs. It looked lost and forgotten and dead. A great staircase loomed up dimly in the distance at the back of the hall. Roger shook the door hard, but he couldn't open it or budge it an inch, of course. Not that he really hoped to. Barney laughed at him. It would need a giant to force that door open, he said. Come on, let's look into the windows. There's plenty of them. They went down the flight of stone steps and made their way round the east side of the house. They came to some large French windows. The glass was dirty and streaked, but they were able to see in. It must once have been a ballroom with a beautiful floor. Mirrors still had their place on the walls, built into them. Most of them were now cracked. The children saw their ghostly faces reflected in the mirror opposite the window through which they were peeping. It made them jump. I really thought it was somebody looking at us, said Diana, scared. But it's only our reflections in that cracked mirror. What a lovely room this must have been. What are those broken things in the corner? 
Roger squinted at them. Broken chairs, I think, he said. You know, we heard this place was used in the last war for something or other. I expect this was one of the rooms used. Those look like office chairs or something. They went on round the house, peeping into window after window, peering into dim, dusty rooms that had a look of utter forlornness. It made the children feel quite depressed. Even Miranda and Looney were quiet and subdued. They came right round the house, back to the front door again. Not one window had been found unfastened, nor even cracked or broken. One or two had had shutters fastened across them, and these windows might have been broken. The children couldn't see. They looked at the windows upstairs. They seemed tight shut, too, and again, some had shutters fastened across them. Look, said Diana, pointing. There are two rooms there with bars across. They must have been the children's nurseries. When Roger and I were small, we had bars like that across our windows, too. We used to hate them. Snubby was squinting up at the windows, blinking in his efforts to focus them clearly, for they were rather high up. You know, it almost looks to me as if there are curtains at those windows, he said. Can any of you see? Barney had the best eyesight of them all. His bright blue eyes fastened on the nursery windows. Yes, he said in a surprise. There are curtains there, almost falling to bits, I think. They all stared up at the barred nursery windows. Looney, too. Miranda suddenly left Barney's shoulder, leapt up the ivy, bounded on a window sill, flung herself upwards again to a little balcony. And then there she was, sitting on the window sill at the old nursery window, peering in. Golly, I wish I could do that, said Snubby in admiration. I'm surprised you can't, said Roger. They were all watching Miranda. She sat on the window sill, and then she suddenly got between the bars and disappeared. Everyone gasped. Where is she gone? said Diana, amazed. Into the room behind, said Barney. But isn't there any window glass there, said Roger. Apparently not, said Diana. Or she wouldn't have been able to go in. How queer. Wait a bit, said Barney, squinting up at the window. I think I can see where it's broken. Just at one side, look. There's a hole there as if a stone's been thrown through it or something. That's where Miranda went through. She appeared again and looked down at the interested children below. She chattered and waved her tiny paw. She's found something interesting up there, said Barney at once. There, she's gone into the room again. Whatever can she have found? Miranda appeared once more, and this time she was holding something. She held it out, and they all tried to see what it was. Throw it down, Miranda, shouted Barney. And down through the air came the thing that Miranda was holding. It fell beside Diana's foot. Looney pounced on it at once, and Diana had to wrench it from him. She held it out to the others. A doll. A funny old-fashioned rag doll. Would you believe it? 
Fancy Miranda finding it in the old nursery. She loves dolls, said Barney, and he took it and examined it. He shook it, and dust flew from it in a cloud. He looked at it thoughtfully. I wonder if there's anything else there, he said. And as if Miranda could read his thoughts, she appeared again at the window with something else in her paws. She held it out, chattering. Then down it came, turning over and over in the air. Barney caught it. He gave an exclamation and showed it to the others. A soldier on horseback, carved most beautifully, said Roger, taking it. It's simply lovely. The color's still showing. What lovely soldiers, children... What lovely soldiers children must have had in the old days. I never had ones like this. Must be part of a handmade set, said Diana. They all looked at the beautiful model and then gazed upwards again. And Miranda threw down yet another thing. This time it was a book. It fell to pieces as Miranda threw it, and the pages fluttered in the air. Diana picked some of them up. What a funny old book, she said. It's rather like one Granny has in her special bookshelf. She keeps a collection of children's books that are very precious because they're more than a hundred years old. I say, it's queer, isn't it, that there are still curtains to that room and toys there? What do you make of it, Roger? I don't know, said Roger. Except that perhaps when the house was left, the nurseries were locked up. Because of memories or something? You know, how grown-ups sometimes feel about those things. Think how Mummy keeps the first shoes you ever wore, Di. And the first tooth of mine that came out. She just won't part with them. Mothers seem to be like that, said Diana. Perhaps the mother of the children who had these toys couldn't bear to let strangers use her nurseries, couldn't bear to part with the toys and things, and lock them up. Perhaps the rooms were forgotten. It's such a big house, they might quite well have been. Miranda appeared again. Barney called up to her. No, Miranda, no more. But one more thing came floating down spreading itself out on the air. It was a small handkerchief. Diana caught it as it floated by as it fl as it floated by her head her head in the corner, beautifully embroidered, was a name in what had once been pale blue silk. Bob. Just that and nothing more. The children looked at the name. Who was Bob? Was he grown up now? Or was he dead long ago? They didn't know. They pictured a tiny boy being told to use his hanky, the one with his name on. Diana could almost hear his nurse speaking to him. Don't sniff, Bob, dear. Use your hanky, the one with your name on. I gave it to you this morning. Come down, Miranda, called Barney. He turned to the others. She'll throw down everything in the room if I don't stop her, he said. And goodness knows how much more there is up there. I wouldn't be surprised if the nurseries are still furnished with cots and things. Queer, isn't it?
Miranda came leaping down. It was astonishing how she could come safely down the walls by just clutching lightly at the ivy here and there. Looney greeted her with a mad series of barks. He was jealous because she could do so many things that he couldn't. She settled on Barney's shoulder and took hold of his right ear with her tiny paw. She made a funny whispering sound in his ear. He shook his head like a dog. Don't, you tickle. What are we going to do with these things, said Diana. They don't belong to us. Well, we can't possibly put them back, said Snubby. Unless we tell Miranda to, and surely she wouldn't have the sense to take them all back. Oh, yes, she, sh she would, said Barney. She'll do anything I tell her. You don't know how clever she is. I should think she's just about the cleverest monkey in the world. If people knew how clever she was, they'd offer me a thousand pounds for her, and I wouldn't take it. They all gazed at Miranda with respect. A thousand pounds? Why, that's more than I'm worth, said Snubby. I should think so. About nine hundred and ninety-nine pounds, nineteen shillings, and eleven pence. Three farthings more said Roger at once. Work that out, Snubby. Snubby couldn't. He changed the subject and looked longingly up at the barred windows. I wish we could get up there, he said. Well, said Barney, surprisingly, that's easy, if you really want to. And that is the end of chapter 7. Sweet dreams, I love you, Rose. Good night.